Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, we're talking toxic relationships. Now, you know, it's no fun when a conversation with a stranger turns toxic or when it becomes frustrating with your coworkers when they become toxic or when life is just flat out miserable because the receptionist is toxic. And also, how about home with your family? You know, you don't really want that one to turn toxic either. Today, coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about how to keep your family, work, and life happy and healthy. That's up next after the news. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 2012 was the hottest year in U.S. history, breaking the previous 1998 record. Last year was also one of the driest since 1988, which helped create conditions that allowed for so many wildfires during the hot summer months. Former Arizona Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords, who narrowly survived an assassination attempt two years ago, is starting a new group to combat gun violence and oppose some policies of the well-funded gun lobbies. New numbers show the U.S. could def- the U.S. could default on its debt as early as February 15th, over half a month earlier than previously expected, meaning the pressure is on for congressional leaders to find a solution that will likely include raising the debt ceiling. After the massive government bailout that helped save the company, AIG is now considering joining a $25 billion lawsuit against the federal government raised by shareholders who claim the bailout cheated them. For the second time in two days, a new Boeing 787 aircraft at Boston's Logan International Airport has suffered a crippling mechanical failure. Today, pilots discovered a fuel leak just before takeoff and were forced to taxi back to the gate. A judge has ordered the New York Police Department to cease performing trespassing stops in certain areas of the Bronx unless there is real reason for suspicion due to calls of racial profiling. Tunisian authorities have released the sole suspect in custody who was believed to have been involved in the attack on the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya, due to a lack of evidence. Just a few days before a meeting with the Afghan president, the Obama administration is still not ruling out the possibility that zero U.S. troops will remain in the country after 2014, though previous plans called for up to 9,000 troops to remain. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you and your loved ones a leg up, a little help in this crazy thing we call life. Welcome to the program, everybody. We got a good show for you today. We're toxin. We're toxin. We're toxins (laughs) of toxic relationships. We're talking about toxic relationships. Speaking about toxic. Let's talk to Skyboy for a minute, who's brought a toxic chest cold into my presence. Okay. What do you want to know? Uh, just talk a little bit. I like to hear your voice this it way. It sounds, sounds nice, huh? It sounds nice deeper. and raspy and deeper. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a This is the new. I don't think we can call me Skyboy. I think it's got to be Skyman. Skyman. <laughs> Skyman. I think Actually, it's like a full octave lower. <laughs> it's an octave lower. We, we could call you Lung Problem Boy. Lung Problem Boy. Um, yeah. You're not going to bring me a cold here, are you? Well, that was my goal initially. So hopefully, got my fingers crossed. We'll, we'll get you a cold here. I'm going to build a little fortress here. <laughs> just going to lift some screens up. I'm just going to move the screens so nobody no, can, I can't see, see you. Me. Perfect. 
So on the show today, we're going to talk a little bit about toxic relationships. Now, I know you don't have them, but there are people out there who actually don't like other people. What? I know, it's weird. But I like everyone, Matt. Uh, that's not true. Okay, that is I true. agree with Matt. You wouldn't give me cough drops earlier. Hold on. Did somebody hear something? Because <laughs> I can't him, see him. It you was see like me? a low. <laughs> He's officially shunned. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know. If I had known, I would have gotten you cough drops. I, I really appreciate would've. that. I appreciate that. But we're going to be bringing on Dr. Paul Hochmeyer, who uh, is just a big name, a big uh, expert in marriage and family relationships. He's been on a ton of shows. You've heard of Dr. Oz. He actually uh, contributes on Dr. Oz's website. Um, but he's going to help us work through these toxic relationships. You know, everyone runs into them. It's that person that every time you see them and you hear them and you hear their voice, ugh, you start to have these problems inside of you. You don't have it yet. Madison's looking at me like she's like does has never experienced this. I really haven't. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are people that well, I would prefer not to be around. Okay. But I think that's completely well, different. There's a rule in my business that if you haven't had a toxic relationship, maybe you are the toxic person. <laughs> <laughs> you know that explains why Skyboy kind yeah. of avoided me. Yeah, for he a was while. mad at you today, mm. but was... he probably should be because <laughs> he's sick. Ah, and uh, apparently that's what sick leave is for. So you don't come in and get the host sick. Well, you know, he had like three weeks of it. Oh, that's true. So, but I think that he was just sick leave. of the that's Spurs. That's when I got that sick, Spurs leave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just, How long is this going to go on? Until the Spurs <laughs> beat the Jazz next time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which will probably be whenever they play. Next Sunday. <laughs> is it next Sunday? Oh, no, no, no. Sunday? I was saying, I was just saying next time. Yeah. probably when that will happen. It's no big deal. Yeah. But uh, what we like to do on the show, as you know, is we like to give you all the tools, the ideas uh, to help you work. And there's no better way to do it than starting with this. Real news that affects real people. This is the Matt Townsend Show, Human Headlines. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about the human headlines in here. We look at the good, the bad, the ugly, all those things that humans can teach us. And the stories are in the news. So we like to go around the, around the horn here and uh, do our little news bits. Who's got some news? I do. What? Go. <laughs> Was there not? <laughs> okay, nothing. Are you waiting for something? A cue? Yes. I was I, I was waiting for Skyboy to make like some you know sound effect with his voice. With Skyboy's his new voice. under the influence of cough syrup. Hold up, I got these. I didn't realize that we had some for today. I've got them. You ready, okay. Madison? I am so ready. <laughs> Woo! <There laughs> I actually go. really like Lincoln Park. Good, that, good. Oh, I love Lincoln. He was a great president. <laughs> Is that Abe Lincoln? Good pick, Rob. But yeah, that's the that's Abe Lincoln's solo project. I didn't know that he had a recording out. I thought he never. Those are like some of the earliest recordings, recordings we have. Yeah, <laughs> Abe Lincoln singing. So, what's your news? Okay, um, it is this one guy used a propane torch to like thaw out his gutter yeah. in his house. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you know there was ice in there, yeah, and so he thought, s- okay, propane, propane torch. What you else know, could you use? Melt it. Your wife's but, curling iron. Hmm. Yeah. So funny. And he lit his house on fire. Oh, no. Did he really? <laughs> it totally cracks me up. Oh, I that love it. poor guy. <laughs> I know. He's just, see, yeah, I don't know what really you should use a propane torch for. Yeah, I mean. But I'm pretty sure it's not, it's not thawing out your gutters. So funny because, like, for me, I think, okay, you know, it all depends on the type of snow. You know, right. like, if it was, like, a really cold snow, if it wasn't a wet snow. Well, isn't all then, snow, like, by whatever- definition, cold? Okay, true. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, if it was a dry like a dry, snow, Like a, like a yeah, powder. Yeah. If that yeah. was what was on there. Then you then, use your blower. 
Yeah, but then everything underneath is dry. So if you tried to melt that off, yeah, you true. know, light up. See, yeah, little rule of thumb. Don't use a propane torch anywhere near anything. How about flammable? I like that sound, the sound of that. Yeah. Is that too technical? Good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's getting a little too technical. Yeah, I, that went right over. <laughs> Skyboy just like, goes, flammable. Uh... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> slow down, slow down. Oh, my goodness. There were these guys, like, in high school that would dip their arm. I can't remember if it was, like. Kerosene? Yeah, something like that. And then they would light their arm on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we called them um, death trap people. <laughs> we call them insurance risks. Uh, here's this news. This is the greatest news, I think, in the history of all the world. Twinkies may be coming back. What? Yeah, Twinkies no and Ho-Hos. That's the best. You know, I really do love Ho-Hos. You know what? I do, too. I've never had one, but I bet I would love it. So apparently, two companies uh, that make Thomas English muffins and tasty cake snacks are reportedly top bidders for the several Hostess brands, including Twinkie and Ho-Ho's. And the bidding war is, um, once it's all completed, looks like Twinkie's back. So we can start preserving our bodies again. Because that's what we're really eternity. doing. <laughs> that's what preserving them. All ah. those preservatives in there, that's just to... Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. think of the people that almost died without a Twinkie. <laughs> You are what you eat, okay? <laughs> That's not true because I didn't eat a hunk of burning love this morning. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I just saw that joke today. So you couldn't have timed it better. Good. Anybody else got news headlines for us? I most certainly do. I got a little music for you. Ooh. Can I take you out tonight? Oh, yeah. That oh. sounds like Skyboy's new voice. It's, it may, he may have done this. No, yeah, he didn't do it. He was working it. Uh, I worked on it last night. You sound great. Oh, wow. I had a voice very today. Good yeah. Too. yeah, he wow. sounds good. Yeah. Can you smell the mentholatum? Uh. Most of you can't smell it, but you can, if you were in the studio with us, you'd have mentholatum wafting oh. up your nose right now. Uh, delicious, minty, okay. cooling, freshness. Skylar, like your voice is almost like the same tone quality as Bryce's. That's Ooh, good, huh? Yeah, that's baby. What was, that's what I was working for. You've got that deep, rich, sultry voice. Right, that you get right before you get pneumonia. Right, that's how you know. That's how you know. Pneumonia. The pneumonia on its way. voice. Okay, so my news, Matt. Do you, do you do you ever feel like your kids are maybe playing a little bit too much on the video games? Yes. Sometimes I absolutely do. I mean, I've definitely burned a Saturday for like twelve hours just sitting down have playing really? a game. I don't do it much anymore now that I'm an adult and I have things I need to do. But <laughs> as a kid, uh, it would happen. You could well, do it. Well, this dad. I had this idea. His son was was playing a little bit too much games, and you know, he tra- he decided to, an uh, an unexpected approach. Uh-huh. He got a hold of people who also played the game and said, "Hey, could you go like you know mess with my son and just like you know kill his character and 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 just <laughs> oh. annoy him and bother him?" That is hilarious. So the dad paid somebody. To go be a hitman. <laughs> None of that. A few people. An in-game hitman. To go that take so his son hilarious. out. Yes. <laughs> that is great. So just Brilliant. wanted to take him oh, out. That's the song. Uh, but, did the boy ever figure it out? Uh, yeah. Apparently they talked about it. And they, is it illegal to hire a hitman to kill your son on a video game? I don't think so. I mean, it is in real life. That is so funny. I guess. But is it really? I think that's cool. I don't think it's against the law. But um, there's also a whole bunch of experts who are saying like, um... 
this sort of approach doesn't really work. Yeah. You know what? We're actually going to be talking about that with Dr. Paul Holtmeyer today. Is it okay to kill people on video yes. games, or would it be better to just go talk? Well, is, is that a toxic relationship right there? I think that right was there? toxic. Oh, boy. I think that's exactly... I think it's just that the dad was jealous uh-huh. that his son was at war, and he wasn't getting any attention. Maybe the, his dad was playing the video game also. And losing. And, and losing to his son. So just See, like tactics. Okay, that's why this show is here. We're here to help. We're here to get you through this. We want to make it so you don't have to have your child executed on their video game by having, hiring a hitman. So we're going to come back. We're going to take a break now. Done with human headlines. When we come back, we're going to start getting into this concept of toxic relationships. Be thinking about it. Do you have a relationship that is slowly killing you, taking your desire to live away if so, stick with us. We're going to give you the tools, the ideas. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Making polluted groundwater safer is now easier and faster thanks to a creative solution launched at NASA. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. During the Apollo era, workers used chemicals to clean Saturn rocket engine parts around the launch facilities. Later, those chemicals were categorized as dense, non-aqueous phase liquids, and the groundwater around the launch site was considered contaminated. It looked like cleaning up the mess without further damaging the environment could be a long and expensive process for NASA. But researchers at the University of Central Florida and a company called Geocentec worked with the agency and came up with an innovative biological approach to degrade contaminants in the water while the water is still in the ground. The solution is a technology known as EZVI, or Emulsified Zero-Valent Iron. EZVI uses an emulsion which can be injected into the ground at contaminated sites. There, it soaks up the toxic chemicals and breaks them down into non-toxic compounds. This bio-augmented remediation process works quickly, taking only months to do what used to take a decade. EZVI has become one of NASA's most popular licensed technologies as it's now used around the world to help make groundwater safer. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. In such a fast-paced world, isn't it nice to slow down every now and then? Dean Duncan's approach to interviewing isn't about rushing through. He likes to take his time in getting to know his guests. Join us for This'll Take a While, weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. You just slip out the back, Jack, make a new plan, stand. Don't need to be coy, Just get yourself free. Hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key. A million different ways to get rid of a toxic relationship. <laughs> Slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan there, Stan. Just listen to me. Oh, this brings back the memories. I grew up on this song. I oh, really? don't even know what it is. I don't even know who sings it. <laughs> Back then, I wasn't into knowing. I was just into trying to slip out the back. <laughs> You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We're talking today about toxic relationships. You know, those relationships that slowly just 
take your breath away, not in a good way. The ones that you want to avoid. And Madison here has uh, has found us in the great archives of BYU, a, an interesting story that we found on BYU campus. Yes, pretty much. This is a story of what is titled The Worst Date Ever. Really? Yeah. So this th- isn't you, though. No, no, no. It's not me. I've had okay. some pretty, we'll get pretty into big doozies later. after. We can talk about those after. 35-year-old. Thirty-five oh year old. Was, you could, that, was, that was a date. success story. No, right? <laughs> she was just visiting a senior living center. <laughs> it wasn't a date. <laughs> you are the worst. Oh, I hope your parents aren't listening. <laughs> so uh, this is the worst date ever. Yeah. Let's hear it, and then I want to hear if you, uh, you know, if you've had a date this great. Okay. So I was in the testing center, and he approached me and was like, "Oh, you're about to take a test," and I was like, "Yeah," and then. He was like, oh, well, you're going to fail. And I was like, what? And I thought he was just kind of being like, you know, funny, cutesy or whatever. And so I was like, oh, ha, ha, no, I've I've studied hard. And he was like, no, you're going to fail. You're going to do awful. And, like, he just didn't stop saying I was going to do awful. So I was like, that's interesting. He's not, like, lightening up. And then he ended up saying how when I do really bad, I'm probably going to need someone to comfort me. So I should probably put my number in his phone so that he can comfort me when I do horrible and fail this test. It was the first test I'd ever taken, so I was really nervous. So I was like, oh, haha. So I didn't want to be a jerk. So I'm like, here he is with this, like, debonair look with his phone handed out to me. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll put my number in your phone. And so he had, like, a really cool phone, so I couldn't even do it. I ended up having to tell him my number anyway. But um, then he didn't text me for, like, a few days, and then I get these, like, texts about um like hey this is so and so and he was like so you're a florida girl huh and i'm like yeah and he was like yeah well you know what they say about florida girls and i'm like no what and he was like oh well if you don't know then i probably shouldn't say and i'm I'm like what are you doing so i was like oh well you know what they say about utah boys and he was like we're extremely irresistible we're attractive we're um, amazingly intelligent, this and that. And so I was like, oh, well, you must not be from Utah then. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and so then, like, he keeps, like, he's like, ha-ha, whatever, like, trying to keep talking like he's like I'm stupid and he's amazing. So I just stop um, t- texting him back. So then I'm at Institute, right? And we just had refreshments, and I get this call. Well, I haven't saved this kid's number in my phone because I'm thinking, I'm never going to talk to him again. Like, why save his number in my phone? So this random number calls me, and like an idiot, I answer it, and it's him. And he's like, so, are you feeling sophisticated? And I'm like, "Uh, what? And he's like, are you a sophisticated woman? And I was like, well, I guess. I don't know. And so he ends up in, like, a 30-minute conversation of him, like, bashing me and acting like I'm so stupid, asking me out to go to Starbucks. And and at some point, at one point, like, in the conversation, he's like, I mean, I don't really care, like, if I go or not. And I'm just like, you know, this is going to be a good story. I'm going because this, this has to be just, like the craziest person like I just have to go so I'm like okay fine yeah I'll go so he tells me to wear blue I see him in the cafeteria before our date the next day and he's like you're not wearing blue and I was like we're not on our date yet so he picks me up and we have like a kind of normal conversation then so he picks me up I'm wearing blue and the first thing he says as we walk out of my apartment door is 
hmm, yeah, it's not really the right color blue. And I'm like, what? And he was like, I was just really going for, like, a deeper, like, darker blue, but I guess it'll be fine. And I was like, all right. So he just, like, walks off and leaves me, like, walking all cool. Like, I'm just, like, this little tag-along. And in the car, he ends up telling me how he hates the word y'all. And I say that word because I'm from the South. And he's like, you're not allowed to say that word on our date. He's like, that's the ugliest conjunction word I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, well, I can't really help it. Sometimes I say it on accident. And he was like, well, we don't have to do this. Talking about, like, we don't have to be on this date if you're going to say that word. So I'm like, well, I'll try, but I'm probably going to slip up. So we go to Starbucks. He doesn't even ask me what I want. He goes right to the counter and says, yeah, can I get two strawberry banana frappuccinos? I don't like strawberry banana flavored things. But he doesn't know that because he didn't even ask me. So I'm just like not going to say anything and going to be sweet about it, which I was. I was very nice the whole time. Um, so I was like, well, it doesn't have coffee or anything in it, does it? Because obviously I don't drink that. And he um, he's like, no, I don't think so. And he checks and doesn't. So I was like, well, what's your favorite color? Trying to think of something to talk about while they make our milkshakes. And he's like, um, he was like, are you seriously going to ask me that question? And like looked at me like I was dumb for asking him what his favorite color was. And I was like, well, I don't really know what else to talk about. So he's like, it's blue. And then does this like eyebrow raise, like look at me. And I realize, oh my gosh, he told me to wear a blue shirt. And I'm like, is that why I'm wearing a blue shirt? And he was like, yeah, I figured if we were going to be on a date, I might as well be able to look at my favorite color. (laughs) Yes. See, I wore it because I thought we were doing something for BYU and like he would want me in blue so that I wouldn't be uncomfortable or feel like I didn't look you know, whatever, but no, he just wanted to be able to see his favorite color. So we're walking up to the mall and there's like stores along the way on the sidewalk as you're like walking up to the entrance. Well, there's a mattress store and he opens the door for us to go into this mattress store. And I'm like, that's really weird. So I just simply ask, Oh, what are we doing here? Like mattress store, you know? And he was like, Oh, I don't know. And I walk in and then he lets go of the door behind me. It shuts behind me, and he walks off towards the mall. Like, I walk in, he never walked in, just left. Leaves me in the store. There's only two people in the store. It's a newlywed couple, and they're with this older man that's helping them with the mattresses. They're looking at me like, what just happened? So I just, like, drop my head with my, like, milkshake in my hand and, like, walk up to them, and the girl's like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm on a first date. It's not going well. <laughs> She's like, what's going on? What happened? I'm like, I didn't wear the right color blue. And then I say, y'all. And he just, he hates me. And she just feels so bad. She's like, you're so cute. Why is he doing this to you? I'm like, I don't know. So I end up telling them like about the whole day. And they're just like, I'm sitting on the mattress, like talking. And the old guy's just like, Jiminy crickets. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> like do you need to call your parents sweetheart and I'm like well my parents are in Florida so probably can't do me much good he's like do you need do you need to go home and I'm like I have a bus pass I'm probably just about to go catch the bus because I mean I was in there for like over 10 minutes I'm just like talking to these people wondering when he's gonna come pick me back up so finally I get this call from him and he's like hey I'm at the AT&T store you should totally uh, come over here and look at this thing I'm looking at. It's really cool. I was like, you've left me in this mattress store for over 10 minutes, and now you're calling me to come meet you somewhere? No. I'm like, you can come pick me up. 
So it takes forever. He ends up like hanging up on me because I won't meet him halfway. And then he finally comes and picks me up. And we go to the mall and he's like, so what's the most awkward date you've ever been on? And I was like, this one. And um, like, and then later I was like, what's the worst date you've ever been on? He was like, besides this one. And I was like, sure, I guess. And like, he threw a pillow at my head in like a really nice store. And I was like in the middle of smelling like household fragrances. And so the pillow like fell all over them and they like fell off of the counter and he's like you're taking the fun out of everything and I was like no you're trying to play like it's a playground and we're in a furniture store and like he was trying to make me play in the tree with all the little kids and he wouldn't stop and I'm like really let's not encroach on their imagination time here let's just so then so then he's mad that I won't play. So he's like, fine, we'll go to a different place to play, a secret place. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so he ends up trying to get into, like, the back rooms where, like, security and mall cops go and stuff. And he's, like, looking all around, like, opening the door all sneaky and stealthy. And he's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? Like, be normal. And I, like, wanted to go in a store. And he, like, hemmed and hawed all around, like, whether he was going to let me go in the store or not. And, um, yeah, we ended up playing Ticket to Ride in the game store, and that was the best part, like, because we were just playing a game, and it wasn't that big a deal, so... So, did he try to ask you out on a second date? Oh, no. He did ask for an end-of-date hug, which I was just, like, a little tiny tap on the back, yeah. (laughs) So he never called you? No, he was like, well, that didn't really go the way I'd expected, but... I told him at one point, I was like, can you please stop? You're putting up this front, trying to play this angle to, like, be cool, but it's just making me feel uncomfortable because you're not stopping. You're, like, overdoing it. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, does this work? Does this work for you, what you're doing right now? And he was like, sometimes. And I was like, sometimes. Okay, well, hmm, it's not working right now. And then, oh, he asked me how many dates I'd been on, and I was like, two before I got here and two since I'd been here not including the one that we were on and he was like oh okay and I was like how many first dates have you been on and he was like um and he starts acting like he's like counting (laughs) (laughs) and then no and no but listen to the number like I would maybe understand if he had counted like 10 or even 15 but he counts 60 ish you don't keep track to the point of 60. And he's like, yeah, around, um, yeah, 60-ish. And I'm like, oh, well, how many second dates? And he's like, um, like 10. I have to funnel it down. So overall, it was definitely the worst date I have ever been on. Wow, oh, not great. Goodness. It's uh, so you know it's 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 toxic dates that lead to toxic uh, marriage. But, but before we move on, I do want the guy who took her out on the date to have a chance to to say what was going through his mind. Skyboy, what <laughs> what were that you thinking? That is not at all how it happened. Okay, she was totally biased. Isn't that funny? That wasn't Skyboy, <laughs> but that was funny. That is messed up. That's one messed up dude. Ty, you got something to say there? Yeah, I just wanted to say that this situation is probably one of my biggest nightmares. Is it really? I don't want to be that, that guy, guy. Okay. ever. 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 Then you need to listen to our next guest. Excellent. I Madison. just can't believe she kept going. 
the whole oh, time. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. I would have I would have called it quits a long you time know, ago. You know, like when it sounds like he was trying to bring her back into a back room, it sounds like he was trying to do a little something yeah. more than yeah. acceptable. He was probably like, trying to get so, her yeah, ugh, a drink. That is so funny. Um, in the back hall. But here's the deal. We're going to come back with Dr. Paul Hochmeyer. He's going to help us figure out how to not get stuck. I mean, there's some people that just, this is a date. But imagine that you, this person you married... This person became your permanent partner for life, and they were slowly taking it out of you. Or imagine it was your boss, and you had to work with this person day in, day out. Dr. Paul Hochmeyer is going to help us with this, known as America's marriage and family therapist. He's going to give us the tools to figure out how to deal with these toxic relationships. Stick with us. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with the latest news and research in pivotal societal issues. BYU's Wheatley Forum presents the research of leading scholars and experts in current social issues and events. Learn, explore, and discuss the world around us with The Wheatley Forum, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 2012 has been officially named the hottest year in U.S. history with an average temperature of 55.3 degrees Fahrenheit. The heat contributed to wildfires, droughts, and extreme weather. Former Arizona Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords, who narrowly survived an assassination attempt two years ago, is starting a new group to combat gun violence and oppose some policies of the well-funded gun lobbies. New figures are warning the U.S. government will default on its loans by February 15th. The pushed-up deadline means more pressure on the new Congress to find a solution that will likely include forcing Republicans to agree to raise the debt ceiling. Despite the bailout that helped save the company, AIG shareholders have raised a $25 billion lawsuit against the federal government, claiming they were cheated on Fifth Amendment grounds. AIG officials are considering joining the suit. For the second time in two days, a new Boeing 787 aircraft at Boston's Logan International Airport has suffered a crippling mechanical failure. Today, pilots discovered a fuel leak just before takeoff and were forced to taxi back to the gate. The New York Police Department has been ordered to cease performing, quote, stop-and-frisk trespassing checks in certain areas of the Bronx by a judge due to calls of racial profiling. Tunisian authorities have released the sole suspect in custody who was believed to have been involved in the attack on the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi, Libya, due to a lack of evidence. Just a few days before meeting with the Afghan president, the Obama administration is still not ruling out the possibility that zero U.S. troops will remain in the country after 2014, though previous plans had called up for up to 9,000 troops to remain. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking about toxic relationships. That's Bryce Tobin's favorite song for Britney Spears. Toxic! 
And uh, on the show today, we're going to try to figure out, you know, how to detoxify. And we're going to be bringing on our expert, Dr. Paul Hochmeyer. But before we do, I just wanted uh, to we, – we sent Tyler Mail out. Tyler's our, um, our intern, also known as Gus and Jasper. And he's gone out, done a little man on the street, and, and tried to figure out if anybody out there is experiencing a toxic relationship, you know? Let's see what he had to find, what he found out. Have you ever been in a toxic relationship? Kinda. Okay. I've never been in a toxic relationship. Um, not really. I, not really, no. There's one that's kind of on the border. There's one that's on the border, yeah. Okay. All right, let's back up. What is your definition of a toxic relationship? Anyone who is in a relationship with Justin Bieber. Nice. Okay, this time, a serious definition. I think it's just any kind of relationship that isn't a two-way street. They don't trust each other, and they're always, okay. like, second-guessing each other. Okay. A toxic relationship, I guess, is when two people are together, but they just make each other mad all the time, so they're always unhappy and not having a good time together. Well, I'd have to say a toxic relationship would probably be something that doesn't benefit either of the people or enrich them in any kind of emotional way and just kind of brings them down. Okay. What are some of the things that you experienced while you were in this relationship? I was I was kind of dating someone when I was 15. I was really young and naive at the time and she always wanted me around and since I was so young and naive I'm like okay fine whatever and so it took me a while to actually step back and realize okay this isn't healthy for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy unless I'm around her. It feels like you're putting in like all the effort in mm-hmm. the relationship mm-hmm. um, but they just kind of keep you going along enough so you keep trying and keep uh, thinking okay. that you got a chance. What are some of the signs that you've seen in your friends or people that you know that kind of clued you in that the relationship wasn't exactly what it should have been? You're so unhappy you should get out of this relationship. Respect each other enough they were just always like didn't care what the other person had to say they're just always fighting yeah, I think like if you were getting ready to go on a date with them and felt like it was a drag or something that you weren't excited to do, or if you hung up with them on the phone and were like, ah, they're so annoying. It was just, you just didn't appreciate her the way you should. Yeah. Things around so that she would think that she was the one to blame for a lot of uh, issues okay. in the relationship. Right. She would feel guilty, she would feel bad about herself. So let's all look at our relationships and make sure that we're not in one that's toxic. Also, make sure that you're not in a relationship with Justin Bieber. Great advice. Always. I don't know. Justin Bieber's not always toxic. Okay? Just sometimes. Let's bring on Dr. Paul Hochmeyer. Dr. Uh, Hochmeyer is, um, he's really a very well-known uh, marriage and family therapist. He's from New York City. He, you've probably seen some of his work on the Dr. Oz show, Good Morning America, CNN, Fox News. He also regularly, uh, you'll see his advice, um, some of his advice on relationships and addictions in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. He's just everywhere. Dr. Paul Hochmeyer, welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to have you. Now, you heard Justin Bieber's not your definition of a toxic relationship, right? (laughs) Um, Yours probably goes deeper than that. It goes a little bit deeper. Yes, exactly. Um, But I do like the definitions that I was hearing. Yeah, tell me. You have a pretty insightful audience. And they're young. I mean, these are, it's interesting because toxic relationships, I guess, can happen with anybody. And really, because these are probably all younger than 25, I'm assuming. So, it can, I mean, it can happen dating in high school, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they can happen very early on, and it's really the nature of them. And I think one of the one of your listeners or one of the 
people who were interviewed said it very clearly, and that is, you know, in the normal course of life, relationships are supposed to fill us up and make us feel whole and ground us. Toxic relationships, on the other hand, are the ones that make us feel crazy. They make us feel ungrounded. Mm. They drain us and make us feel unsafe. Sick. We feel we feel exhausted. We feel, like, depleted. It's exactly right. And it's, I mean, every one of us, I guess, have bad relationships. Um, is there right. a difference between a bad relationship and a toxic one? Well, the toxic relationships are the ones that feel addictive, so that, you know, they drive you crazy, but you can't seem to get out of them. Yeah. Where if it's a bad relationship, there's a pretty clear boundary around that. And you're able to say, you know, this relationship is bad. I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. Where the toxic relationships just can't seem to let go of them, no matter how crazy they make us and how badly they make us feel. That's interesting. Cause, and maybe there's, there's only half of it's toxic, you know. So I get drained in one part, and then I get fed a little bit in the other, but then I still get drained. So maybe it's just half good. Well, that's it. And that's what keeps us in them. That's what keeps us in the toxic relationships because, you know, there is an element of it that's good. And if it isn't currently good, at one point it was good. And so our brain, you know, we get addicted to love and validation uh, in the same way that we can get addicted to a drug like cocaine. There's part of our brain that really lights up when we are in contact with somebody who makes us feel good. And, um, that registers in our brain, and our brain keeps on hungering for it and says, you know, that I need that, I want that. And who who, who wouldn't want that? Oh, yeah. Um, That's scary, though. Turns, it's very scary. And then when it turns sour, when it starts to go south, you know, we just keep on hungering for that original connection. And sometimes we work three times harder to try to get it back and... That's where the toxicity sets, and that's how it gets poisonous and toxic. Oh, it's interesting. Did you hear the um, the interview that we had where, where, where the woman was telling the story of her first date? My toes were curling in my shoes. Can you believe that? <laughs> I did hear it. I mean, but you can almost see that if, if she just happened to have gone on a second or a third, or if this demon hadn't come out on the first date, I mean, you, if you're stuck in with a person like that, I mean, you're doomed. If you can't just break the addiction. Yeah, you're going to be wasting a lot of time and energy, and um, it's very unfortunate. And listen, as a, you know, as a marriage and family therapist, I see it a lot. I see it every day. I mean, I see people go through such turmoil and struggle, struggles to get out of a relationship, which, you know, on its face, you, like, you hear it, and you're, like I said, your toes curl in your shoes. And yeah. You, there's a connection. There's something that's like an addiction that the people can't break. They just can't get out of it. And there's a, there's a number of reasons why. Is, yeah, and we'll, let's, we'll get into all of, or a lot of them, I guess, because um, as I think about it, we're, it's really, if the relationship is toxic, then it, I, it, I'm assuming relationships don't act without people. So um, right. I'm, I'm assuming to some degree then the people are bringing the poison, the toxicity. Well, sure, that's exactly right. And so we bring, you know, who we are in relationships. And not only do we bring just who we are, but we bring who our parents are and yeah. who their parents are. So we inherit inherent a lot of this uh, of relationship patterns in relating to people. And it gets very complicated. So not only do we just bring ourselves into the relationship, right. but we bring our families of origin into the relationship. So relationships can get very crowded. That's right. That way. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That, yeah. And then we're always bringing up your mother or your mother did this. Right. 
Or it's, your mother, right? Or my mother, right. It's, yeah, um, exactly. it, it seems like it's one of these things, too, where we're, we're um, not only we're we bringing all this stuff, but we're also kind of clouded by the reality that we, we also have all these good hormones on board. Everything at first, I mean, tends to go so well. We have this chemical high that maybe clouds some of the realities or some of the evidence that this isn't a healthy relationship. Exactly. And there's also an element of denial, just like in addictions to substances, there's denial and rationalization. Because, you know, once you're in something, who wants to admit that you made a mistake? We, yeah. we, you know, that, that's an ego. That's, that's a bruise to our ego. And then we rationalize. We say, well, you know, he or she was a jerk because of X, Y, and Z, and they won't do it again. And then when we they do it again, we say, well, he and she, he or she was a jerk because of A, B, and C. Yeah. And so yeah. we continue to make excuses for them because we just so desperately want that it to be different and want it to be like it was when it was really good. It's it's such an interesting thing because that that illusion or that delusion. Um, we hang on to it and sometimes think that that's really the relationship. Like I was just thinking of this young woman on this date in the, in the studio here. We're all like, I can't believe she lasted that long, like on the date. Like why didn't we end this, I don't know, after he picked her up, circled back. But it's almost like she didn't see it or she was just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, that's just – that's strange, but I guess I'll go. And I mean is some of it just that a lot of us are too – Weak, or I don't know what the word is. Weak sounds mean, but just we don't, we, we, we don't know how. <laughs> I mean, like she should have just mean. been done. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I, I you know I actually give the young woman a lot of credit. I was she, she first of all she had a great sense of humor. Yes, yeah, she which did. Serves us well in life. Um, this girl is going to go far. I can tell, and she had good insight. Yeah. So you know she 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 was laughing at herself, and when she was going through, it sounded like when she was going through the experience, she was really able to detach from it and observe it and say kind of scratch your head and say, is this really happening? I mean, is this... And, and almost the extent of it was such, like, is she on candid camera or is there a hidden yeah, camera Yeah, are people somewhere? looking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah is, 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 uh, so is she being punked? <laughs> it's know, right. So, Where's the video camera? When, exactly. when, you're, when you're in a mattress store and some old man says, Jiminy Cricket, uh, like she explained, uh, you're really mm-hmm. going through this. I mean, she had to have been wondering, what is the deal? But yeah, you're right. She had a lot of insight, didn't she? She did, and she was able to detach from it, too. And the good thing was that she wasn't able, she didn't personalize it. Right. And, it's, and a lot of times in these toxic relationships, we personalize it, and we think that we're the bad person. Yeah. I didn't get that from her. No. I mean, I, she she was very clear that this guy was, you know, not Mr., was not a prince. He no. was the frog. He was the frog. Um, oh, we got the frog. It's, and, and she had a lot of good insight into that, which is, like I said, this, this young lady's going to go far in life because she's got a lot of really good tools. I totally agree. Um, let's do this, Dr. Paul. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I'd love you to just start giving us some more of the signs. What are the signs we should be looking out for for a toxic relationship? Mm-hmm. I mean, as I listen to our, and think about our, our, our listeners We've got guys out there driving trucks. We've got, you know, business people, moms, brothers, sisters. And some of these relationships are even not even just professional. They're, they're hitting close to home. So we're going to come back with Dr. Paul Hochmeyer. 
He's going to give us some more insight on how to see the signs of a toxic relationship up next right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. NASA researchers have invented a new class of wireless sensor that keeps working even when damaged. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Scientists at NASA's Langley Research Center in Virginia were exploring ways to have thermal insulation on inflatable space structures double as a damage detection system for space debris. In doing so, they created a whole new class of wireless sensors. SANSEC sensors are open-circuit, single electrical components. Each sensor uses a single geometric pattern that eliminates the need for electrical connections. That means it doesn't need solder or screws for assembly. The simplicity of the design makes the sensors cheap and easy to produce quickly with less waste. And the kicker? Unlike traditional closed-circuit sensors, SANSEC sensors keep working even when ripped, punctured, or badly torn. SANSEC sensors can also be designed for measurements unrelated to each other, like temperature and fluid level, and easily switch from one to another or measure both at the same time. The applications for this technology are widespread. Researchers have already used the innovation in temperature sensors that promise to detect tire damage on vehicles better than conventional tire pressure monitoring systems. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Why not get your business involved as a sponsor of Cougar Sports on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and BYUTVSports.com. For details, call 801-422-1448 or email corporate support at byu.edu. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking toxic relationships. Have you ever been in one? Have you ever been in one where they just are just slowly just squeezing the life out of you? Well, guess what? Uh, you don't have to stay there, and you don't have to just take it. You also might want to stay. You might. You might. They might be your boss, but uh, you can learn to to handle them more effectively and deal with these relationships. We're talking with Dr. Paul Hochmeyer. Now, you may have heard of Dr. Hochmeyer. He's known as America's marriage and family therapist. He does a lot of work on the Dr. Oz show. And in fact, if you want to, you can go to Dr. Oz's website, www.dr.oz.com forward slash blog forward slash Paul dash Hochmeyer. And uh, he writes a blog on Dr. Oz's show. He's on Good Morning America as well, CNN and Fox News. He's out of New York City. And um, he's also done a lot of work in private practice with, I believe, um, doing marriage and family therapy, but, but also some addiction focus. Is that right, Dr. Paul? Right. That's exactly right. So you see yeah, a toxic relationship, though, pretty much like an addiction. I do, very much so. Now, and how? I mean, it seems like, I think we think addictions are, are you know, just some messed up person or whatever on drugs. But if you're staying in a toxic relationship, you might be, I guess, deriving some benefit from it, some high? 
Well, y- yes. And when we look at it, we, we approach the treatment of addictions as a disease. And so we know that they're chronic, they're progressive, and they're fatal. And that's what the substance mm. disorder like alcohol or drugs. There's a, also a whole other class of addictions called process addictions. So where we become addicted to the process of something, and love is a process. Um, similarly, we can get addicted to um, sex. Yeah, get addicted to shopping. Yeah, get addicted to eating, and so it's very much um, of the process that we get addicted to. So it's the process of getting that validation, getting that affirmation, getting that love, and then having it be with and going through the withdrawal symptoms when it's been removed, or where there's a breach in the relationship, and then really doing a lot of self-destructive things to get it back. Um, Interesting. Put their self-interest in harm's way to, you know, reclaim that initial high that they get from the validation and the initial love that they got. And it really, I mean, and some signs of it. So, so what are the signs of the toxic relationship? What are some things that we would see happening to us? Well, I always tell my patients to look far, and that stands for how they feel, how they act, and they need to recover. You know, Matt, we're very intuitive creatures. We forget that, that we're animals, and that we are very intuitive. And so we have to pay attention to how we feel. So if you are thinking, anticipating getting into um, an exchange with somebody and your stomach turns, uh, that's where most of us carry a lot of our feelings of dread, yeah. um, or you have a lot of anxiety, or you get really angry, or you get really depressed, just the mere thought of engaging with somebody, that's a good sign. The second one is, how do you act around the person? So if you're normally a pretty easygoing person, and then when you're with that person, you become somebody different. Either you become really hostile, or really angry, or really cutting, and say really mean things, or, um, on the other hand, if you're typically outgoing and you just completely shut down around uh, that person, withdraw, yeah. you know, we need to pay attention to that as well. And then the last is part of the FAR, which is the R, it stands for a recoverer. And after you leave that person, how do you, are you exhausted? Do you need to take to your bed? Do you need yeah. to take a shot of whiskey? Do you need to smoke a cigarette? Do you need, need to eat some healthy, unhealthy food to comfort yourself? You know, these are all the signs that we need to look at. And I I hear a lot from my patients, particularly like after the holidays, you know. uh, Oh, my God. I think my family's driving me crazy. (laughs) My family's driving me crazy. (laughs) They're so toxic. I ate a lot of food that I shouldn't have eaten, and I was exhausted. I felt like I had an emotion. And people talk about it. They say, I had an emotional hangover. That's such a good. That's a huge approach, isn't it? I mean, to know, to, to go over your feelings to see if your actions are changing, and if you need, like, major intervention to recover, that's telling you something. That's telling you something. That is, I mean, because a lot of us might feel a little stress about our boss. We might feel, uh, I mean, but this can be anything. And I've seen it. I've seen people that literally need to get psyched up just to go see family, <laughs> just to go yeah. see, you know, an in-law or a friend or an ex or... It's a big deal. And then they need to vacation to recover from yeah. it. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know they, they come and they're just exhausted. They can't even get out of bed, some people. So, and, you know, it isn't just an emotional toll that this takes. This also takes a physical toll and that additional stress that we have from being in those toxic relationships, right. you know, impacts our 
you know, at least can lead to heart disease, it can lead to some cancers, it really has an effect on our immune system because stress is a very destructive force. Yeah. Plus the idea that you know, subconsciously, you know you're not well in this moment. You know you're... You know, you know, you're sick with this person. I mean, you know, it doesn't work, but you consciously do it. I mean, that's got to do something just to your own sense of self, your own identity. It just beats you down over time. Exactly. And it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you have the toxicity of the relationship, and then you beat yourself up for being in the relationship. And it's a very vicious cycle. Oh, my heavens. So along with that, so that's those are great signs, figure, you know, things to to watch for how we feel, how we act, how we recover. Um, What do you do? I mean, what do you do? And and how do you work with your clients when when it's like, how do you kind of detoxify? And especially if they're kind of deeply um, encumbered by the person, I don't know a better word, but they're they're married to him, and they have three right. kids, right? and the guy's toxic and is willing, I guess, to pretend to work on it or might work on it, but how do we go about changing the toxicity, and can you do it one-sided? You can certainly, yeah, I've seen it one-sided. You know, when we're in a relationship, relationships are a system, and so that means that they feed off of each other. And I believe that you can change it, and I've seen it, that you can change a system by changing one part of the system. Right. So if one partner changes in the relationship, the other person is going to change. Yeah. I mean, what, what one just, way or another, something's going to change. Right. It's not, it's going to be slow, and it's going to yeah. be, yeah. you know, painful, and it's, it's, but it's not going to be like turning on a light switch. But change, you know, doesn't happen in a vacuum. And so if you're in a relationship, if you change, then the other person has to change. The issue, of course, is being able to tolerate their reaction to you changing because they're very invested Uh in you staying sick, quite frankly. Right. Um, And so when you start to get well, they're going to have a reaction and they're going to redouble their efforts to keep you sick. And so so in order to to... withstand the incredible force of that, I help my patients get very grounded on, you know, their thoughts and their feelings. And to do that, I'm a big believer in writing things down so that you create a record, so you have an artifact of the reality of your life. Because it's very easy to go back and second-guess yourself. And, you know, you have a month that's very toxic with somebody, and then you have a good weekend or a good night. And you forget about everything, right? Well, yeah, it's like I wasn't really addicted. I was just, I I was fine. I really wasn't addicted. But if you can go back and read what you were writing, no, I was messed up. (laughs) I was totally messed up and addicted to that guy. And I've been messed up for a long time. Yeah. It's interesting. I really like the idea of at least, uh, you don't see people taking a relationship through kind of the paradigm or mentality of an addiction, but... They really are. And, and you know, the relationships feed us something. They give us something. And you can see that, that we could also become codependent. You know, all these – you always hear the codependent stories about with, – with people, partnerships where there's alcoholism involved. And um, so codependence is a major part of this. If, if I'm too – if I'm benefiting too much from a toxic relationship, I guess I'm subtly allowing you to be toxic. But if I get strong enough where I won't take your toxicity or I'll treat it in a healthier way, you're either going to have to change or you're going to you're not going to be able to want you're not going to want to be with me. That's exactly right. And it's 
the second part that's so terrifying to most people mm-hmm. because, you know, if I'm a housewife that's raised a family and worked in the house for a number of years and I'm in my 50s and, you know, I have a toxic husband, um, you know, the thought of starting a life over again is pretty paralyzing, oh, yeah. pretty terrifying. So it's picking, you know, the, the theory is, you know, the devil you have is better than the devil yeah. that you don't. And so it's people forget that, you know, in addition to being incredibly incredibly intuitive creatures, we're incredibly resilient. Yeah. We have such capacity to create meaningful, rich lives. And because we've been beaten down so much in, as a result of a toxic relationship, it's hard for us to believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we get paralyzed by fear. We do. We're also so habitual, aren't we? we we're, and we work by habit maybe more than by intent, so that's what makes this this addiction such a good metaphor, because a lot of us live our marriages more habitually than we do intentionally. And and by that's exactly by, right. That's a really good point, Matt. By yeah. forcing it kind of to the front of our mind, we're starting to like have to make some choices here. And I guess that's what you're doing when you're talking to your your clients. You're talking to them about start assessing your life, start assessing what you really are and what you're not, and what you can believe. I guess. Well, right. I mean, if the, you know, in any addiction, when you're treating any addiction, the first step is to admitting, admit that there's a problem. And, and that is such a hard uh, thing for people to realize um, and to do, because, again, it gets very what we call defended, because the pain, the reality, the pain of the reality is so great mm. that it's, it's too much for our psyche to bear. So nature has given us certain psychological defense mechanisms. The two primary ones are denial and rationalization. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 this can't be true. And and we see that with, you know, if somebody gets diagnosed with a terminal illness or any sort of illness, our first reaction is to deny it. It's so true. deny deny that it happened. I mean, I remember when 9-11 happened in New York, I, 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 I couldn't, I was like, no way, this can't, this, this cannot, the enormity of the tragedy was so great. Um, even with the most recent tragedy we have with Sandy Hook up here, right. um, you know, it, you, you can't, the enormity of that is you just can't, your psyche can't absorb that. And so we deny that. It, we deny it, and, yeah, and, or, and then eventually rationalize. And then we rationalize it, right? We say, well, it had to be because of X, Y, or Z. Yeah, yeah. Or, we, or we personalize and make it about us. Oh, it's because of me. I wasn't doing my part. Um, let me do this, Dr. Paul. Let's take a break and come back from the okay. break. I'd love when we come back uh, to just get more of your ideas of how we can start working on this. I'd also love to know if I'm a family member of someone where I can see the pattern of addiction going on in the toxic relationship. What can I do as a dad, a mom, to help support uh, and, and maybe help somebody through that. We're uh, talking with Dr. Paul Hochmeyer, uh, America's marriage and family therapist, walking us through toxic relationships and how to detoxify. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
New figures are warning that the U.S. government will default on its loans by February 15th. The pushed-up deadline means more pressure on the new Congress to find a solution that will likely include forcing Republicans to agree to raise the debt ceiling. Former Arizona Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords, who narrowly survived an assassination attempt two years ago, is starting a new group to combat gun violence and oppose some policies of the well-funded gun lobbies. Connecticut lawmakers return to session tomorrow for the first time this year, and the nation's attention is focused on how the state will handle reactions to the horrific Newtown shooting that happened last month. A bill limiting access to assault weapons is on the table. Teachers in Ohio and Texas are flocking to free gun training programs as local governments in those states consider the possibility of arming educators to protect against attacks like the Newtown shooting. Despite the bailout that helped save the company, AIG shareholders have raised a $25 billion lawsuit against the federal government claiming they were cheated. AIG officials are considering joining the suit. For the second time in two days, a Boeing 787 aircraft at Boston's Logan International Airport has suffered a crippling mechanical failure. Today, pilots discovered a fuel leak just before takeoff and were forced to taxi back to the gate. Just a few days before a meeting with the Afghan president, the Obama administration is still not ruling out the possibility that zero U.S. troops will remain in the country after 2014, though previous plans had called up for up to 9,000 troops to remain. 2012 has been officially named the hottest year in U.S. history with an average temperature of 55.3 degrees. The heat contributed to wildfires, droughts, and extreme weather. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. We belong together And you know that I'm right Why do you play with my heart? Why do you play with my mind? Welcome back, everybody. Boys to Men, which is a, a band I brought up yesterday. When it was supposed to be boys to business, boys and business. Welcome back to the program, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about toxic relationships, and I think boys to men is on because of the baby boy Bieber band that was brought up earlier. I don't know. How did we get to boys to man? What's the name of the song? Uh, End of the Road, Boys to Men. That's it. Got to get to the end of the road. Dr. Paul Hochmeyer is here teaching us how to deal with these toxic relationships Dr. Uh, Paul is America's marriage and family therapist. He, again, has been on the Dr. Oz show. You may have seen him there. Uh, Good Morning America, CNN, Fox News. He has articles uh, appearing um, in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Self, Cosmo, WebMD, Time. He's a busy, busy man. You can also get uh, directly to him if you go to www. Dr. Dr. Hoke, H-O-K-E-M-E-Y-E-R.com. Dr. Hochmeyer.com. Dr. Hochmeyer, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for being with us. Really, I think this is such an important topic. Um, there's one thing to have a relationship. It's another thing to have it be toxic. And uh, you've, you've really taught us well. One of the ways to know if something's toxic is you'll see how you feel, you, you, if you're feeling too much tension, frustration, anxiety about it, it's probably a toxic relationship. If you have to change how you act, it's probably a toxic one. Or if you have a long recovery, getting over it every time you have to deal with it. Those are the signs. What else can we do, uh, Dr. Hochmeyer? What do we do with these relationships um, once we recognize they're toxic? Anything else? 
Well, sure. The, you know, once we get clear and we get some grounding uh, around the reality of, of the relationship, then it's important that we pull in some, some resources. And the best resource is really a trusted friend or an ally who can help us. Um, there are a lot of great support groups out there, Al-Anon being one of them, where people can participate in the community of other people who are also dealing with toxic relationships. So there's the incredible power of we. Yeah. And because these things are so strong, toxic relationships are so powerful, we need to marshal our resources. And these resources typically come from A, clarity that we have around doing our journaling work, B, having an ally, be it a therapist, be it a support group, be it uh, a religious clergyman, be it a friend, um, who we can then, you know, create a team. And then the third thing is coming up with some boundaries, uh, because we need to put a boundary between us and the toxicity, just as though if we were having um, toxic gas come into our house, yeah. you know, we would need to put some seals around the house to make sure that we're keeping the gas out. So we need to create some boundaries in our lives where we're keeping the toxic relationship. Uh, we're, we're, we're making sure that we're putting a boundary between us and the, the, the toxicity that's coming from the other person. It's really interesting. I had a, uh, a, a woman in one of my classes um, that kept bringing up her father and how she can not do anything right with her father. And her father's this. And basically she was describing a toxic relationship with her dad. And, like and once, once she kind of, um, once she kind of realized that, that she doesn't have to be poisoned just cause he's poisonous, got that right. clarity. And then she had an ally in, I guess, in me and our program and, and the support group we kind of have there. She set a boundary where every time he starts going toxic, she just says, I'm done. I'm not taking that, Dad. I don't. Ha- I'm an adult. I don't have to do this. I don't have to go, be poisoned by you when you're poisonous. So she started to walk out, and it was the first time anybody had put a boundary on what he was allowed to do to, to the family. And, That's and a great example. And he chased her around the house, like, no, 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 don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. And he did everything he could, and then um, to keep her. And she left, created, kept the boundary. Then they talked later. She went and said, Dad, every time I sense the toxicity, basically using our words here, I'm setting this boundary. And she says he has done a complete reversal. And uh, literally now um, is very careful, even now with the rest of the family members, because she was willing to do this. And she says, but the funny thing is he didn't even know he he didn't fully know he had crossed the boundaries because we had never had a boundary in our family. Mm. Huge. Yeah, it's a great story. And it changes. I mean, so it can be it can be the work of one person and um and and I guess and then a team, like you're explaining. Talk about parents. So I think our audience has a lot of um we have a lot of people in our audience that are parents, they love their kids, they love their grandkids, and they might see troubles brewing in, in relationships, a uh, little toxicity going on with friends or neighbors or whatever. How do we as parents um, or friends, when we have friends that have toxic relationships, how do we approach it? How should we approach it? Because we see it so clearly. Yeah, it's we tough, think. isn't it? Because you don't want to make the person wrong. You don't want to, like, what we call further pathologize right, them and, right. you know, make them into bad people. Because, cause it, again, intuitively, if we're in a toxic relationship, we know it. Yeah. And if we're not doing anything about it, it's because we're in denial um, or we're rationalizing it away. So if somebody comes in and says, boy, this relationship 
looks really toxic. Why don't you get out of it? The person is going to feel judged and they're going to feel criticized. It's just going to feed into their own sense of negativity around it. So the best way to do it is to to use your own life as an example and talk from a place of I. Say, you know, gosh, you know, I had this relationship once and it was... And then list the characteristics that you felt made it toxic and say it was so hard for me to get out of it and I struggled with it for so long... So the person can begin to identify, mm-hmm. and then they can identify with your own vulnerability and your own experience, as opposed to feeling criticized for yeah. who and, they are. And make them feel, it seems like if we could make them feel fed with us. So, I mean, it's almost like if they could see the difference of the non-toxic relationship with us, instead of create, it seems like I could actually create a toxic relationship trying to get you out of a toxic relationship. <laughs> Exactly right. That's exactly. You could certainly put an additional stress. You could certainly put a lot of stress on and and accomplish the exact opposite of what you're trying to do, which is being loving and supporting. You could come across as being critical and harsh. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right on there. And it's it's such a it's just such a delicate thing too, because um, if they are an addict, I think it's the same way you treat the addict. You. There's, I don't know, you see them destroying their life or you see a relationship where, and I guess there's a different level of toxicity too. This is, but if they're physically in harm, then that's a whole different ballgame, right? So, Well, physically, if, if there's physical injury, if there's physical abuse, that change, that's a game changer. Yeah. That's, you, then then you're, there's an intervention or... Yeah, there's a huge intervention in safety first and there's, I have a zero tolerance for physical violence. Well, and it's uh, it's it's just I think so many of us don't have the tools, you know, we don't have the skills or even the idea of simply knowing that uh, the the idea of denying and rationalizing those are very natural behaviors and patterns. And uh, to me, just what I'm finding is the more people learn that there are certain things to look for, like the far stuff you were talking about, or the traditional patterns we use. It, it it gives us the tools to at least start doing something different. Right. And the other thing, Matt, is that, you know, we have to remember that we're not built for boundaries. We are built to Rome. get love in That's our right. life. Yeah. We, we come out of the womb and we're completely helpless. <laughs> yeah. So if we would have come out of the womb and said, okay, here's a boundary, Mom, <laughs> yeah. we would starve to death. Exactly. So, exactly. So physically we're built to, we're love-seeking creatures. And that's, how physically we survived as infants. And so that's hardwired into us. So the reason why boundaries are so hard for people is because they're somewhat foreign to us. We mm-hmm. have to learn them. Yeah, and it should be more natural. And, you know, yeah, we think it should be easier, and it's not. It's funny. None of this relationship stuff tends to, once we get to toxic levels, I guess, tends to lean toward the easy, does it? Relationships are very complicated and very difficult, and you know it's like anything that's worth anything of value in in the world and in life. It they require they require work. Yeah. It's hard work. Totally. I mean, think of all the things that you value in your life, Matt. I suspect you had to work really hard to get them. Ah, oh, don't remind me. <laughs> totally, we do, okay. and, and it is. It is. It's that's the key, huh? In fact, maybe that's the sign that if we can break through this decrease some of the toxicity instead of just, I mean, we're kind of in a throw it away relationship life where we would just toss all toxicity 
But some of our most important relationships you have to actually work through. Yeah, you have to work through it, like your your friend did by sort of helping her father see they were, they were, you know, how he was responding, not just to her, but to other relationships in his life. I suspect that she was not the only one right. that he responded to that way. And by because she valued and because she was invested in that relationship, she took a real risk yeah. and put herself on the line. And the whole system um, and the people in the system, family system, benefited from it. That's it. I mean, you really can be a major um, change agent in your own family and your own systems. Plus, just what it, again, what it does to us personally to know that we've been able to do this and uh, kind of detoxify our own relationships. Dr. Paul, as we wrap this up, what's kind of uh, as we wrap it up, what's the one thing that people should make sure we're watching out for when it comes to toxicity in our relationships? What's the one key you'd say? Patterns. So if you find yourself, if the people change but the patterns remain the same, then that's something you really need to take a look at. So if you keep finding yourself in the relationship with the same person, even though they're not the same person, right. there's a warning sign that you really need to take a look at your relationships. Something else is going on, huh? Something else is going on, right. Good stuff. Dr. Paul Hochmeyer, appreciate you. Now, again, they can get a hold of you if they go right to your website, drhochmeyer.com. H-O-K-E-M-E-Y-E-R. That's right. That's great. Good stuff. And again, they should be watching you on Dr. Oz as well. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, Dr. Paul Hochmeyer. Appreciate you. Uh, good stuff. And as we, you know, as we wrap up uh, kind of this, this, this topic with Dr. Uh, Hochmeyer and also just with the whole idea of a toxic relationship, we thought, you know, we've got to bring on Bryce Tobin. Because who knows toxic relationships better than Bryce? Um, You know, he likes his rants. So sometimes our relationships can be the worst things in our lives. Bryce has some examples from his life of relationships that may have been a little toxic for him. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. Throughout my many laps around the sun, I've met a lot of people. Among my peers, I'm convinced that every single one of them is bad at relationships. While I could give you all sorts of examples, I'm going to stick to examples that I've seen in other guys. But some of these examples still apply to just about anyone. So here they are, some indications that you might be in a toxic relationship. You might be in a toxic relationship if everyone around you keeps telling you that your significant other is bad for you. I see this happen all the time. My buddy starts dating this girl. The longer the relationship goes, the more people that start whispering to each other, he really needs to break up with her. The pattern is always the same. Think of his friendships like the target you'd hit with an arrow. He's in the center and his closest relationships like family members and best friends, they make up the first ring. Good friends are in the second ring and so on. The people closest to him turn against her first, but it only takes time for the other rings to join the angry mob that wants to depose the new queen. Now, let's make sure not to fall for the fallacy that just because a lot of people believe something that it must be true. But no, you're probably right. Everyone wants you to break up with her because they're just jealous. Yeah, that's it. Or you might be in a toxic relationship if you give and do and fix and take care of everything and she does absolutely nothing. I also see this all the time. There's an example of this relationship in nature. There's things like the predator and prey relationship. There's the symbiotic relationship. Side note, symbiosis should definitely be your relationship goal. But then there's the parasitic relationship where one organism sucks the life out of the other organism. Evidence of parasitic relationships emerge in all sorts of ways. For example, if you're standing outside of a clothing store in the mall and you're holding more than 40 pounds of purchased items, you might be this guy. 
Don't fret, though. The lead singer of Metallica, James Hetfield, was once caught doing the exact same thing a few years ago. So, you're in good company. It happens to the best of us. Or you might be in a toxic relationship if everything is worse and only getting worse. Good relationships improve your life. It won't be all sunshine and rainbows all day every day, but if things are good and manage to stay good pretty consistently, then chances are you've got a healthy relationship. I can't tell you how many guys start dating a girl and suddenly they're tired all the time, they're not focused in school or at work, they mismanage their relationships and burn bridges unnecessarily, and in general, the light in their eyes seems to be extinguished day after day. This is because toxic relationships contaminate everything else in your life just like any other harmful substance. All the badness will just spill out into everything else. The worst part is is that as your friends, we're all stuck between a rock and a hard place. Your personal life is your business, and it's not my job to tell you how to live your life, but it's also my job to improve your life and stop things from ruining your life. Sometimes all we can do is let the evidence stack up, and maybe you'll notice, but you never know with some people. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. That guy, he's good. Bryce, Bryce knows his toxicity. I have never even heard of a parasitic relationship. Good job, Bryce. Proud of you, brother. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show and uh, get everyone on the get everyone on the microphone while we do a little game we like to call "Is this song a toxic relationship song or not?" And of course, we'll be start, starting the top of the charts with Justin Bieber right after this on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM One Forty Three BYU Radio. Want to do a better job of conserving energy? Maybe it's time to glow with the flow. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. What if you could actually see how much electric energy flows to your household appliances? Would it change your habits? Researchers at the Interactive Institute in Sweden redesigned a power strip cord to pulse with light. As electric current flows through the power aware cord, you can see the glowing pulses and patterns of blue light spiral through its transparent covering. The intensity of the glow changes with the amount of electricity flowing through the cord. It's made with electroluminescent wires, which are phosphor-coated wires twisted around the powered ones. The device illustrates some interesting insights, like seeing how more power is used when you turn up the volume on your stereo to push those bass and drum riffs through your speakers. The look is ultra-futuristic, cool with a dash of techno geek. But it's not about just looking cool. The hope is that this instant visual reminder of how much power is being consumed will cause people to be more aware of their electricity usage and reduce bad habits. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Start your morning right by listening to Marcus Smith and the Morning Team. With news, current events, entertainment, and lively conversation, the morning show is here to kickstart your day. The movie will be better than the radio. No, 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 no. The radio is always best. The radio is always best. <laughs> Join Marcus and the team for the morning show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Fleetwood Mac for you. See, 
bringing back the memories. Toxic relationships. That's what we're talking about on the Matt Townsend Show. You ever been in a toxic relationship? Uh, because a lot of times the only way out of them is to put on some really good toxic music. And so as we get into this last little bit, we're going to wrap up the show going through, uh, you know, producer Rob here put together a little list, a test. Is it a test, Rob? No, they're all fairly toxic. Because <laughs> it seems like toxic is just dependent on if you like that genre of music, if you like. But no, you're saying the words are describing toxicity. It transcends gender. Okay, you know, let's hear it. Or let's hear tran- not one. just transcends gender. I mean, transcends genre. Genre. Okay. Whoa. Let me hit that again there. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Now, you know what? This is a perfect play-by-play of what toxic relationships, of, a, of what you can do in a toxic relationship. Well, I've always thought it would kind of backfire, too, because I understand the guy's at fault here. But if he just came out and saw his car trashed, I don't know if he'd make the connection. He might think, oh, well, she's, well, just, she's just nuts. Well, no, because well, she carved her initials somewhere. Like yeah, but still, seat. I don't know if he's going to make the connection. Of I don't think it matters because he's still got to take his date home, the one that he's cheating on her with. So, oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, so I th- he'll be mad, but um, yeah, that's a toxic relationship. If someone's carving up your car, I now know why you put that on. Why you is think that? that's toxic? It doesn't even have anything to do with the relationship. It's that they're messing with his car, his truck. I hadn't thought about that, but I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Why take way. it out on the car? Yeah, I don't, you can do whatever take, you take want it out with each other, him, but do know. not mess with the truck. What's the next one? Wait for it. Here we go. Set them free if you love them. But I can't. I assume that means you break up with them. No, you set them free like a bird. You shoot them off your cliff and set them free. What do you do? I mean, this is, who is this, Sting? That's Sting. Uh, Sting, um, you notice it says somewhere at the very beginning it was about them being a possession. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of toxic. If they're a possession and you've got to say if you love them 15 times before you can say set them free like he did. Yeah, that's toxic. And I would do anything for love. Oh, I would do anything for love. So far, so good here, right? Yeah, this feels good. He won't do that. That. What's that? I don't know. Move to Saskatchewan or. <laughs> I won't move. Uh, that's interesting. But see, I don't see how that's toxic. So setting boundaries. Oh, that would be a boundary. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Okay, I get so that. So that might be okay. But he, you notice, by the way, uh, Sting and that guy, who was that one? Uh, Meatloaf. Oh, yeah. Sting and Meatloaf both sound like they're afflicted With? when they're singing these songs. Oh, that the... Their voice is all strained. Or it could just be the recording. I don't know. Maybe they had a bad recording day. What's the next one? 
The girl once had me down under my thumb. Yeah. The girl who once pushed me around. Yeah. You got to watch out for that girl. I think her brother's dating girls at BYU. Because we had a whole story about that earlier. Uh, under my thumb, you know what? You don't own anybody, so quit trying to control us. Come on. I've only ever heard the term under my thumb referred to in terms of parenting and maybe third world dictators. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hugo Chavez. Got to get those protesters under my thumb. And but... now dating. Yeah, I don't know if that's Does so this good. make you guys want to date more? Well, not like that. Not under the thumb. Not having someone carve up your car. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely don't want to. What's do the that. last one you got here for us? Here's a special one. He hit me, and it felt like a kiss. Uh, huh. He hit me, yeah. but it didn't hurt me. No, no. Okay. Let me just give you a little advice on that one. Because, you know, if your hitting feels like a kiss... You are in trouble. You're a really bad kisser. That is a toxic relationship. Yeah, somebody needs to teach you to kiss because that's just messed up. I mean, they up. call it a smack, but... A smack down. What was that from? Like the penitentiary oh, some, choir? Some oldies group. And I can't read it because there's a little countdown let's not even, clock. Let's not even blocking. say who it's from. That is an example of the a crystals. Toxic, the crystals. Yeah. Yeah, crystals meth. Um, I think we ought not... If that's messed up, there's no way to go around that. That's it. That's those are the five you found. Toxic relationship songs. Well, and and that's what I remember uh, Dr. Paul talking about too. Is he says once it gets to the point where there's some any kind of physical abuse going on, at least in his yeah. case, he's he's out of there. You can't you can't tolerate it, and you need to go get help. If you see somebody out there that's being abused in the relationship, you know what? My favorite little bit of advice is call the police. Um, let let at least a third party come in and figure out what's going on. Try, I guess, to help the person personally. Go get some advice from one of the shelters, one of the battered uh, women organizations that can help you. People, there are resources out there. If you're in a toxic relationship, let's figure out a way, as uh, the good Dr. Paul was telling us earlier, let's figure out a way to fi- to identify who we are, to, to start figuring out what is it that we want in our relationships, start noticing some of the signs. There's a lot of signs that are already telling you you might be in a relationship where it's toxic. If you're feeling uh, negative feelings, a lot of frustration, a lot of um, pain, just simply the idea of having to go be in this relationship, be with this person, if it exhausts you, you're probably in a toxic relationship. If you alter how you act, and dramatically feel like you have to become a different person, you too are probably in a, a, a toxic relationship. And if it takes you a while to recover after, those are signs. That's your body telling you, you know what, we need to make some adjustments. And I promise you, uh, one of the things I've learned in working with with people that are in all sorts of relationships, from toxic to not, um, is you have the power to change it. But if you don't believe you have the power to do anything about it, then guess what? You don't. So, Check those signs. Think about it in your own life right now, and I'm going to give you a challenge to go home as you're driving home today. Are you in one of these relationships? How can you get some help? I challenge you to go figure it out. Quit denying it. If you're dreading driving home today, 
If you're dreading pulling into the driveway to deal with the people at your home, you're probably in a toxic relationship. Get some help. Don't deny. Don't rationalize. Don't uh, don't don't just put up with it. Let's start doing something differently. And as you do, you'll uh, you know you could just sit and listen to all those songs, but that'll just depress you. Don't chop up someone's car. Don't carve your your name into their leather seats. None of that is worth it. Just also keep listening to the Matt Townsend Show every day. We're going to bring you a new topic, new ideas, new help, and hopefully some new hope. We're trying to help you in your project you call humanity, making it through this crazy thing we call life. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Stick with us. We'll be back tomorrow with another great topic right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. New figures are warning the U.S. government will default on its loans by February 15th. The pushed-up deadline means more pressure on the new Congress to find a solution that will likely include forcing Republicans to agree to raise the debt ceiling. The Obama administration is leaving the possibility of pulling all U.S. troops out of Afghanistan by 2014, open just a few days before meeting with the Afghan president. Previous plans called for up to 9,000 soldiers to remain. Connecticut lawmakers return to session tomorrow, and the nation's attention is focused on how the state will handle reactions to the horrific Newtown shooting last month. A bill limiting access to assault weapons and high-capacity magazines is on the table. AIG officials are considering joining a shareholder lawsuit against the federal government concerning the bailout that helped save the company to the tune of $25 billion. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.